Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. Luke and I, uh, you can't see this, but we're both wearing the same outfit right now. Well, I feel like I need to point out, I've been wearing the same outfit for about two years now, uh, and you have right. replicated it, so so you're wearing my outfit. The fact it's the same is 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 your problem, not mine. With me is Luke Bailey. We Hi, be, that's me. We should be clear about that. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I don't wear white t-shirts very often because I will inevitably get marinara sauce on it. No matter whether or not I'm eating spaghetti or not, I will somehow get spaghetti sauce on this t-shirt. I eat small quantities of spaghetti a day. Not none, just like on average a small amount. No, I'm saying like I could not eat any spaghetti at all. And somehow at the end of the day, the white clothing that I own that I'm wearing will be covered in some sort of spaghetti sauce. That makes sense. Yeah. It's no, I, just, I, I Or coffee. I, Welcome to the show. This week, we're going to be talking about emo and TikTok, two things that are very near and dear to my heart. Uh, More specifically, we'll be talking about why all of your favorite TikTokers look like extras from a Fall Out Boy music video. But before we get there, most importantly of all, Luke, how is the internet this week? Um, I think I would probably go with... I need a word that is... is, is, It has been... It has been intense. It has been angry. It has been feral. Feral. Feral is good. Yes, the internet has been feral. Yes, and I think I agree. I, I will. I will say that a large part of this is uh, Israel Palestine, uh, which is not fun. It is not a good yeah. thing to talk about. But it is that is where this is coming from. It feels like whatever you look at on the internet, you are ten seconds or three inches away from seeing the Israel-Palestine conflict, and it is... It's like... Yeah. It's sort of like this thing... And, you know, we haven't really talked about it on the show because, like, this show... We go serious, but, like, it's a pretty heavy topic to talk about. And even in Garbage Day, like, I've been picking where I write about it because, like, it's complicated. Oh, well, that, that in its that in it saying it's complicated is complicated, I think. I think oh, no, I don't this. mean that way. I don't mean <laughs> that way. I mean that it is it is a journalistic hyper-object. And 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 talking about it is is uh, is difficult, and it is I think taking up so much space, you know, rightfully so, on the internet that is leaking outwards into other parts of the internet, and it's creating like a very strange digital landscape. I think that's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, it's it's because it is not something you want to look away from. It is a incredibly serious issue. It is a deeply upsetting issue. Like I. It, I'll be I, honest. When I watched the when I watched the AP building uh, be attacked, that yeah. that was like, you know, I have friends who work as journalists in the Middle East. I, I it is a thing where you you watch this building go down with the Associated Press of all of all publications. Yeah. in it, and it's it was hard for me to watch the world the world's most boring outlet in a good way. Literally, like they are. Yeah, that's like their thing, right? And yeah. so it's it, it's been hard, and I think it's been hard to sort of do this show a bit while this has been going on because like this show sort of tries to tap into like the central story of the internet every week and like try to unpack it and explain it. And like, that is a story that cannot be fit into like one or even two episodes (laughs) of this podcast. Like that is, that is a a very big, big narrative. And so, yeah, I agree with you. It's, it's been, it's been sort of a strange couple of weeks and, and it is one of those things where you don't want to look away because it is important and it is important to like talk about it and think about it, but it is hard also at the same time. I found the, uh, there was a tweet going around earlier, I think it was yesterday, maybe the day before, um, where basically people were looking at the snap map across. Yes. Which I found fascinating. Yes. The snap map tweet. Yeah. So if you haven't seen this. Great day to hang with the kids. Is that brunch? And then on the other hand. Ambulance sirens only. Active strikes. It's like one of those like voice to text TikToks, and it's a snap map from Tel Aviv, and then it's a snap map from Gaza, and it's sort of intercutting what people are sharing, which are obviously quite different uh, in terms yeah. of content. There is there is a lot more brunch in one of those sets of Snapchats than uh, than the other one. You'll never believe which side is brunching more <laughs> than the other side. Yeah, it's uh, yeah. and it's it's one of those like very grim 
examples of how like fun, wacky consumer technology can't stay fun and wacky forever. And so yeah. you're like bit emoji snap person is like documenting human rights abuses and like missile strikes. And it's, it's hard to watch. It is. It's really hard to watch. Yeah. So that's why the internet has not been, it's not been fun this week. It's been intense. It has been feral. Um, well, I have something to take your mind off the intensity and the feralness. All right. Hit me. Um, I covered this in garbage day this week, but I know that sometimes you don't read them until the weekend. So you might not have seen this. I have not read it ever. I know that sometimes you stack up the many issues of Garbage Day that you haven't read before to read before bed. So I wanted to send you a truly just like this is one of those TikTok accounts where you're like, this is it. This is the true gem of the Internet. Welcome to Teen Executive. I mean, that's just on its own. That's a great name. Click on three sketchy investing TikTokers to watch out for. Okay, All right. This guy could be this guy could be 11 or he could be 31. Like there is a proper <laughs> like and it's you know, often you can see things where it's like there is a gap of twenty years and it's like twenty five or forty five and it's like, oh, it's maybe someone's aged well or they've aged slightly quickly. This is it's quite rare you get that and then it's a child. Yeah, this is a child. His name is Adam. He yeah. runs a financial TikTok account. He he's pretty good, honestly. Like his crypto takes are pretty good. We're recording this on the afternoon of one of the worst uh, crypto dips in in modern memory. How 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 is how is your how is your crypto? Hey man, uh, Diamond Hands. Me and Tom Brady are holding, <laughs> uh, but I am worth quite less than I was about a week ago. So let's let's put it at that. Um, but this is this is a great account. His name is Teen Executive, and my favorite video that he's released recently is him calling out uh, a sketchy TikToker named E-Commerce Brendan. Here's three more sketchy investing TikTokers to watch out for, part three. First up, we got E-Commerce Brendan. He flexes a bunch of money and then tells people to DM him on Instagram to get started. People do this just because they're trying to avoid getting exposed. And sure. E-Commerce Brendan apparently is not to be trusted. Talk us through what you're seeing on this account. So I'm skimming through some of these. And the one that I've just found is uh, one of him talking about the the dumbest thing that he's ever bought. Oh. And the thing that he, he says, the worst thing, the dumbest thing he's ever bought uh, is a promotion on a photos account. Like a, a an account that, that, you know, highlights nice photos. And he spent £300 to have one of his photos put on it. Uh, and then he didn't get much engagement on it. That's the dumbest thing he's ever bought. I mean, that sounds sounds like he doesn't have a lot of regrets in his life, unlike me. Um, I'm pretty jealous yeah. of that. <laughs> like, I'm like, yeah, I'm sure. Like, if that's the dumbest thing you've ever bought, okay, sure, why not? <laughs> okay, now I've come to the other one, another one, which is uh, him saying that if you save forty five dollars on soap every month, you make a yeah. million dollars. That's the one that I found this account from. That's smart. No, sorry. Then the next one is why I will never tell you how much money I've made. I'm like, wow. <laughs> I have one theory. My my favorite my favorite detail about this account is that the very first thing he says in his bio is make money as a teen dollar bag sign emoji, and then yeah. it says not financial advice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this guy, man, he is. He's the last thing you see before a global recession. Like his face is the last thing that pops into your head right before you lose all your so money. So we talked about this a few months ago of uh, there was a video of some, some I don't know, people in their 20s who were saying, hey, we've hacked the system. We've hacked the stock market. What you do is you buy low and you sell high. Buy low, sell high. That's it. Yeah. That's the only thing you need to do. And I was like, wow, these, yeah, this is, this is incredible. But yeah. I think the point at which people are doing is doing this stuff on TikTok is like, okay, this is going to go badly. It's going to end really badly. From what I've learned from finance TikTok is that if you steal soaps from hotels and yes. then take the money that you would be spending on soap and you buy low and sell high, you can have infinite money. Yes, that makes sense. <laughs> just you know, just, I, I love the real problem. I is love like, the idea the, that he thinks that you're going to hotels enough to even get enough soap. <laughs> Like, what do you? Why not just spend less money on hotels, teen executive? <laughs> Have you considered spending less money on candles? Yeah, yeah. Like, how many hotels are you staying at, and how much money would you save if you didn't go to those hotels? That's what I'm wondering. Yeah. Ugh, that is not okay. That's unpleasant. I, I, I'm unhappy this person exists. And sure, okay. 
All right. Uh, I have a thing. Yeah, what do you got for me? So we spoke last week about kind of Facebook groups uh, and specifically Facebook videos that were designed to hit the exact length they needed to be. Right. So they've got to be at least three minutes long. Now, here's a video which I find it's fascinating because it is it is transparently a, a fake video. It is also, I believe, done by a magician. Uh, he is the central person who runs all these videos um but it is one of these things where it's like they need to spin out for three minutes now the video starts with uh for some reason someone is filming their friend going down an escalator as two people on the other side go up an escalator the guy going down the escalator leans over grabs the bag from the woman who is in the couple going up on the other side and then runs off the person with the phone follows them and chases them for reasons i'm not totally sure of <laughs> the video then goes on for a solid three and a half minutes of them running of just oh well them fake chasing each other yeah this is amazing i'm watching this right now and they're literally just run i'm 30 seconds into the video and they're now just running yeah they're just running uh there's no way that i could even remember what this video is about by the time it's over at a point during this is also a hot pursuit come is is on but it spells pursuit with an p-e-r yeah it's spelled wrong okay wait so i'm now i'm i've skipped ahead i'm two minutes in and now they're still running and it says it says the robber is about to get caught dot 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 but then they yes. start chasing each other again. Okay, so now we're going to chase each other some more. So, so, so they both they both simultaneously stop running at the same time because they both need a breather. And then they start up again and start running again. And it, it's almost like okay, okay so okay, they're still running. I think it's going to finish now. The robber returns the bag, so the robber is now bringing the bag back to the woman at the mall. Because he doesn't want to be chased anymore. And he gives it to her. Wait for it. Something beautiful is about to happen. What is it? What is what is gonna happen? (gasps) She's proposing to the (laughs) 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 I knew from the moment that I thought that I I wanted this moment to be so special. Uh, Oh Oh. Oh. Oh my god. Say yes, say yes, say yes. Oh my God. <laughs> the entire that is oh, the entire this is so thing. Fucking stupid. I mean, okay, wait. So this video is created by Julius Dane. He does appear to be some kind of magician, but uh I think he's a different it's a different cluster of young white magic people than the yeah. other one that I documented. It is, yeah. He has thirty five million. Holy dude. I'm beginning to think that Facebook accidentally created the most sophisticated <laughs> promotion machine for magicians that's ever existed. And that's all that Facebook is now. It's just magicians. Yes. But he's but, doing the exact same kind of video content as Rick Lex. This is fucking wild. But I find it fascinating because the idea of being them saying, like, we need a thing to happen for three minutes and just going, like, just run. That's the entire thing is that they run around for three minutes and then go, that, that's it. Now we'll do the punchline. Yeah, it's crazy because, like, Facebook... Ha- like obviously wants people to watch videos for at least three minutes because that's how long they think it takes to serve them an advertisement that's meaningful. So these creators yeah. have realized that like you, you have to grab someone in the first 30 seconds because if you don't, then it doesn't count as a view. So you need to grab them in 30 seconds, but you have to keep them in three minutes yeah. because you need to make money. So they've, cre- they've realized that pranks work, but now the, the process is like, how can you drag out your prank for three minutes, which is not easy. No, it's not easy. Oh. And I think one fascinating thing is I'm going to send you another video from the same guy, uh, which is has the exact same gist to it. Uh, now, this video is called Remove Dress Stain Brackets Magic Trick. Okay. And the gist of this, and and I should point out, Bricklax had the exact same video, just obviously with different people. Right. And basically, the principle of this video is a woman is sitting there in a white dress. He pulls some sort of like cranberry juice or wine or whatever it is over her dress. Her and her friend are furious, and then they keep handing her random things for three minutes. So he hands her like a pepper, then he hands her like some some like toothpaste, and then some uh, deodorant, and then like and, and they're doing the whole thing of being like, "I'm furious. Why are we doing this? I hate this. Uh, this is awful." And then eventually they put like enough kind of white things on it that she stands up 
And it's like, well, I guess technically it is whiter than it was before. And they're like, wow, yeah. Okay, wait, I'm skipping ahead. She's now, she's covering it in baby powder. It's just a magic trick. Right, yeah, give me that. Give me that. Look, here we go. Look, 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 look. It's just a magic trick. Right, look. Cut it in half. Like, this is why people think it's a fetish thing, because she's just, like, adding gross shit and mushing it around on her lap. Don't worry, right? It's a magic trick. Rip it open. And now get to exactly three minutes. Yeah, look, 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 look. Watch this magic trick, right? You notice Look, take it. Rub it on. We've ticked over the time. Rub it on there. Do you see what's happening? Have the punch. Yeah. Like, do you, genuinely, do you see what's happening. Yeah, rub it in. Hit her, so the punchline happens at three minutes and seven seconds. Oh, but it actually did work. Her dress did turn back to white. Yes, she is in exactly the same state. She is covered in baby powder, toothpaste, shaving cream, and is soaking wet. But in many ways, yes, her dress is is no longer covered in in the red liquid. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good hack. I gotta try that. <laughs> I gotta start adding random household objects to my stains for three minutes exactly, and then yeah. wash them away. That sounds nice. Yeah, I just find it fascinating. And because after we talked about it last week, the fact that all these videos you now see are like, oh wow, they have just they're trying to find a thing that they can do for three minutes. The rest of it has no meaning, which is hard. Yeah, they're also not see. It's harder than it would be normally because they're also not editing these videos. They've clearly realized that cuts make people click away, so it has to be three minutes of one take filmed handheld. Yeah, which is is very taxing. That I think that would be very difficult to to keep doing. Yeah, I don't can't think of anything I want to do for three minutes in a row. Mm, I can think of one or two things, but we've been doing hamana hamana We've been doing the podcast for seventeen minutes, and I'm also pr- already pretty much over it. That's true. I, I I do cut out a lot of audible exhaustion from the two of us having to talk to each other for <laughs> over three minutes. Over the summer, I started noticing that the rapper Machine Gun Kelly was putting out pop punk covers with Blink 182's Travis Barker. And I was very excited about this because they were pretty good. Uh, I don't like Machine Gun Kelly's rap music. It's not very good. It is not. It's not good. But Machine Gun Kelly and Travis Barker started making these like quarantine lockdown music videos, and they were pretty good. And then I started noticing that he was collaborating with other people, and many of them were TikTokers. And I was like, oh, that's weird. And I kept following it and I kept following it. And then finally in March, I wrote a piece for Polygon about this like weird emo wave of TikTok. And what seems to be happening are TikTokers embracing like MySpace fashion and MySpace music as a way to cross over outside of TikTok. So we've talked about this on a bunch of different episodes before. But- oh, Okay, sorry. So, so we've talked about this. Yeah, we have talked about this the previous episodes, but the previous episodes it has felt kind of like nostalgic. Like when, at our age, when we were at the same age, we would have been what doing like I don't know, seventy eight, so like I don't know, hippie music or whatever. Yeah, it would be like uh, it would be like when we were teenagers, people were really into Nirvana. Right. Yes. Exactly. But they're doing. Emo. But yes, but it has evolved a little bit since that. And I think it is no longer a nostalgic thing. I think it is now a content strategy. And so what I want to show you is this new music video from Bella Porch. Bella Porch is like, she's kind of like if a VTuber was uh, a human being and not a cartoon, but like she's got that kind of vibe. So like, just just give that a little click and like take a little peek. You'll immediately notice that it's like a pop song, but it definitely has like goth kind of like dark undertones to it. Particularly in like how it looks and how it kind of feels. It is wild how many views this video has in yeah. five days. It has 65 million video views in yeah 5 days and it is it is not good no no it's a very it's a very bad song it is um it kind of sounds like if you misheard an ariana grande song you know what's also weird about i mean so the gist of it is it's 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 called build a bitch and it is about uh it's basically picking up the vibe of if you're building a woman like you're building a build a bear thing that's the vibe right. of it which obviously has a kind of interesting connotation with Bella Porch specifically because she has a specifically, I'm trying to find a way to describe her kind of like 
vibe, her look, which is very uh, anime character come to real life. Yeah, it is. It is, uh, and it's, it's exactly that kind of vibe. So the idea that she is essentially satirizing her own look, which okay. Well, halfway through the video, she escapes the like build a bitch conveyor belt area, and she uh, appears in the store in like S and M gear. And, like, destroys it with a bunch of, like, other zombie robot women. Sure. Which is very, very MySpace. It's, like, very Johnny the Homicidal Maniac, Invader Zim, like, Nightmare Before Christmas kind of vibe, right? Like, it's kind of, yeah, it's kind of uh, Riot Girl, polished Riot Girl. Yeah, I've been trying to, like, figure out a term for this, too, because, like, it, it involves the emo pop punk thing, but it, it's I think it's becoming more broader and it's becoming more of this like it's it's like hot topic culture. It's like the it's like fingerless gloves and like studded belts worn by cool kids in your high school. Wait, okay, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to like uh, step off this to figure out like what you thought was cool in your high school because it wasn't I, that right. Okay, so 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 what you're saying is what you're saying is you feel appropriated. So I want to be very clear. I do not feel appropriated. And I think <laughs> it is, in fact, it's funny you said that. I will not name the person, but me and another emo-adjacent music critic were having a conversation in our DMs today about this very thing and how it is very hard to talk and write about this without sounding like you're saying that you're being appropriated. And I don't want to be very <laughs> clear. I do not think emo music is a culture. And if it is a culture, I don't think it's worth protecting or defending. I think it's just like a thing that teenagers go through. It's definitely it's de- it's definitely not worth defending, but purely no, based I, on what many of the leading figures of it have been revealed to have done. Yeah, it turns out that it's like a massive grooming scheme by predators. That seems to be what a lot of the emo bands of the mid 2000s were. That said, there is a like there is a thing happening on TikTok and I think if you look at the Olivia Rodrigo video for Good for You and even the song itself, there is this very like mid 2000s horror movie like I don't know. It's really hard to put a name to it, but I want to try to do that by this by the end of this episode because they they are creating this kind of like edgy, hip horrorcore vibe. Look, I'm not gonna lie. My main takeaway from this is that there was an Olivia Rodrigo video came, that came out that I totally missed. Yeah, that has 33 million views as of four days ago. Didn't even realize she released another song. Uh it's pretty good. And it's not, you know, it's, I mean, it's no driver's license, but you know what it, what it is. It's true. Although driver's license is on the radio now here so often that like I I can't even I can't hear it anymore. I, I, don't, I mean, I don't know why you listen to the radio. I, I don't understand. In cars. In cars. I listen to it in cars. Oh, it's too, oh right. And I the didn't... song opens with the sound of a door of a car door opening the ding, 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 and that drives me insane. I hate that sound in real life and I hate that sound in music too. <laughs> Right. Okay. No, I live in London, so I have not been in a car for for some years. Okay. Okay. I'm 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 trying to I'm trying to figure out what this aesthetic is. Well, so take take a look at this. This is Little Huddy's 21st Century Vampire, and okay. it is a Travis Barker. It's part of like the Travis Barker Machine Gun Kelly click. And Little Huddy is obviously one of like the most popular TikTokers in the world. And in this video, he plays like a spiky haired vampire who then attacks and like vampirizes a bunch of other TikTok people and it's like weirdly gruesome towards the end and it has this similar kind of like glossy Molgoth vibe to it. I don't get tired I'm a 21st century vampire 21st century vampire Yeah, I mean my version of this, right, is that this is what uh or rather i suspect this is what uh people in the uh i guess the the the, the 90s or the noughties dressing up as hippies looked like where it was very much kind of a oh right yeah no everyone has like round glasses and long hair and headbands and it's it's great but then you look at the photos from that and everyone looks like they they have slept in a ditch for a month and and that's fine. That's cool. That's a vibe. But it is the, the vibe that people pick up. It is essentially fancy dress. Like, like okay, so if you imagined... Okay, 20 years ago, right? 20 years ago, exactly. Christ, almost exactly. Uh, the first Strokes album came out. 
Oh, weird. Okay, yeah. Because uh, that was 2001, right? Uh, so in 2001, you go back to that, and if you dressed up like the Strokes now, uh, the Strokes then felt like they were doing something vaguely organic. The if you dressed vaguely, like the Strokes, vaguely, yeah, vaguely. I'm gonna I'm stick with vaguely there. But but if you went back and now, if you went and now dressed up as the Strokes now, you'd be like wearing a leather jacket and skinny jeans, and it would feel weird. And you couldn't do it without making it kind of hyper real. Like it's it's a it's a effectively fancy dress. And I think that's yeah. exactly what we're seeing here. People are f- fancy dressing, doing fancy dress, doing costume of being an emo. And it's like a cool f- like vibe they're inheriting. Like if Olivia, no, but if Olivia Rodrigo's next thing was doing like hair metal, where she right. like was playing a guitar and wearing like a vest and had her hair like all like pinned up, you'd be like, sure, she's doing a hair metal thing. But because it's the thing that we recognize, it's like, oh, it's it's a weird vibe. It's not. They are just, it's an 18-year-old dressing up as something from 15 years ago. But it's double weird because the thing that they're dressing up as was itself fancy dress of the second wave of emo. Like, they're not That's dressing true. up, they're not wearing, like, cardigans and Converse and black room glasses. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> they're dressing up as, like, like ink splatter, skinny t-shirt, MySpace, crab core kids, which in itself was sort of, like, this weird reaction thing. They're dressing up as, like, 21 pilots, essentially. <laughs> So that is a fantastic segue into our next <laughs> section, because right after I wrote about this like whole thing on Garbage Day today, I like reached out to a, a lovely mutual friend of ours who happens to work at a very popular microblogging platform, and she helped me have a very powerful revelation about all of this. So let's take it to the next section. Okay, so my I, I spoke to one of the guys who's part of like Machine Gun Kelly's clique, Mod's son, and we talked about sure. this whole thing. Yeah, he, he's pretty good. He's also a white rap. He, he's well, no, he's a former drummer from the post-hardcore band Scary Kids, Scaring Kids. I know and who Machine Gun Kelly is. I'm just like, sure, he has a clique called whatever the hell. No, no, Mod's son is this other guy. Right. Okay. Mod's son's <laughs> currently dating Avril Lavigne. I'm sorry. I thought Avril Lavigne was the guy from Nickelback. No, that was a while ago. They got divorced. Now Avril Lavigne is dating oh. Mod's son, who used to be the drummer for Four Letter the, Lie. And, and this is the real Avril Lavigne or her double? Is Well, this is the current <laughs> Avril Lavigne that's walking around 2021. Right, okay, we don't know cool. if it's a double or a triple. Sure. Anyways, the real Avril Lavigne is hiding in Brazil somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, okay, so Mod's son used to be the drummer for Four Letter Lie and the band Scary Kids, Scaring Kids. So he's got, like, you know, pop punk, post-hardcore bona fides. And then he became a white rapper that made, like, sublime tier, like, Corona beer music you know and then now he's part of like machine gun kelly and travis barker's tiktok click where they're like turning tiktokers into like pop punk people sure mod son made this really interesting point uh point when i interviewed him a couple months ago for this polygon piece where he said that the tiktok audio is the 2020s version of the myspace profile song oh okay i buy that because like right 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 because it's it's the weird, it actually kind of doesn't matter what you do with the music. You're just putting it there as a background to like, you know, vaguely doing whatever dance is is in with it. But also, it's a, it's a space on the internet where a teenager can express their identity with music, which is very rare because of copyright. That is interesting. And so the only other platform I could think of that allowed this was Tumblr. And so I reached out to Kate's Holderness. She uh, works at Tumblr. She's a close friend of ours. She's been on the show before. And I was, I, was tr- I was trying to get her to help me figure out, like, what bands were popular at the height of audio blogs on Tumblr. 21 Pilots and Marina and the Diamonds and Lana Del Rey. <laughs> and it fits. Uh-oh. There is something about the internet and teens being able to, like, express themselves with music that creates this kind of like aesthetic, this like fake goth kind of like weird, edgy, like art, like artsy hot topic thing. It keeps happening. And I think it has something to do with the very technology that underpins TikTok and MySpace and Tumblr. I see that. So the entire thing is ultimately algorithmic. What we're looking at is what it, the thing is it's essentially a turbocharged version of popularity if you're in school and you know everyone's talking about music it takes you know 
a few weeks for a band to become suddenly the cool band that everyone's talking about in school, and then a month later, it's a different cool band. You know, it's a cyclical thing. But on the internet, right. because of the sheer volume of people, the acceleration is, I don't know if it's faster, but it's harder, So, it, or, or bigger maybe, which means that it just takes over, and then it kind of never goes away in the same way, because I, like there's constantly new people finding it, so the community is constantly evolving. Whereas, like, if you have a a school of 120 people, I don't know, America has a lot more than that, but if it's got 120 people, it gets to the end of the 120 and then goes, like, right, new thing now. Whereas the internet right. just keeps going. I also think that there's something about, like, emotional music that kind of sounds like My Chemical Romance. <laughs> Having, like, a lot of power over teenagers, and it, I don't think it's an accident that we keep accidentally inventing this with different internet platforms, where it's like... There is something about because, like, obviously, looking like a punk or looking like a goth in like a pretty way is cool because it's different. Sure, aesthetic and and it's and most importantly for TikTok, it's an aesthetic. TikTok craves different aesthetics. We one of our first episodes of the Content Minds was about cottagecore and fascism and like the power of aesthetic play on TikTok. And I think like TikTok continually surfaces aesthetics that it can use to make into trending content. And I think that's what the TikTok sound is it's it's these like celebrities going like oh wait a minute if I dress up like mindless self indulgence and do like an auto tune version of like a Blink One Eight Two song with trap beats then that will work really well yeah no that makes sense who is oh what is the name of the um there is an account who spent most of quarantine making like covers of songs from twenty years ago. And then now Quarantine's Over is doing like live versions of them. Oh. Okay, right. It is uh, uh, Jax Writes Songs. Oh, I featured her recently in Garbage Day. Oh, okay, right. Well, that would, that, yes, okay, cool. So we probably came across from a, from a similar thing then. But that is extremely her vibe of her doing kind of relatively 90s, slightly old, slightly emo stuff. But her emo stuff does super well. Yeah, and, and I think what's really interesting about Jack's Right Songs in particular is that she's taking the like old school YouTube model of doing covers until you can become like famous enough to make your own music, like the Pentatonics or somebody, but she's yeah. doing it in like a hyper compressed way while also doing the like the music trick shot thing. You know, it's like a cover song, but you only play it on marimba or something right like there's like she's like combining a bunch of different techniques for getting your music out on the internet and she's doing it like really consistently and it seems to be working really well like her account's got what 2.8 million followers on it it's good although i find that fascinating because like she is working quite hard and coming up with like original takes and stuff and then other people are dancing and getting huge amounts more which I i also find fascinating She's definitely working more than she needs to for the amount of views that she's getting. Yeah. this She would have done much better on Vine. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she would have done a lot better on Vine. The other thing about Jack's Right Songs that kind of like makes me feel weird and gets me closer to like appropriating my culture territory than I want to be is that it's interesting to watch the like the stuff that I was actively bullied for liking in high school kind of blend into like the basic miasma of nostalgia so it's like she's talking about like in one video the sandlot and then in another video she's talking about my chemical romance and it's like those were not the same kids when i was growing up like the sandlot kids and the my chemical romance kids were probably not sharing fun memories together you know no yeah there there was a lot of conflict at the time and 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 she doesn't understand the the deep trauma that went into those divisions yeah she's okay so she's got like one video that's uh, it's simple plans. I'm just a kid from the perspective of the mom, which is pretty funny. Uh, and then next up, she's got uh, party in the USA from the Uber driver's perspective. Also pretty funny. Yeah. But like that's that's like wild to me. That the, but even because like, and it's not like simple plan is like a DIY hardcore band that like only people in one basement ever heard. But <laughs> yeah. It's still to me. I don't know. It's a weird. It's a weird thing to watch play out on the internet. It's super weird. It's. I mean, all of this stuff where, where you see the these kind of like older songs, and I'm like, do did you grow up with these? I, I don't even know how old this person is. Like, I don't know. It, I can't tell an age of anyone on the internet anymore. 
Uh, like this girl could be 19 and she could be 35. And I genuinely have, I, I don't know. I actually had to look it up because I was like, maybe she's our age. No, she's 24. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Although Bella Porch is the one where nobody knows how old she is. And there's like a bunch of weird, Mm. sketchy stuff about like what she is. And she's always being accused of being part of some sort of viral marketing scheme, which I think is funny because like all of these people are part of viral marketing schemes. They're doing them themselves. Yes. I mean, this is the thing that I keep coming back to of like, what is the difference between an 18 year old now and an 18 year old 15 years ago? And I keep coming back to the idea that it's optimization. Like Which is, we talked about in our in our Gen Z checkup video a couple yeah, weeks ago. Exactly. Yeah. And it's really hard to get away from the idea that everyone is just constantly optimizing and no one is doing anything because they want to do. They're like, oh, this does better. And like right. it's well, not even a consideration. Well, I think what's also very different about the culture between then and now is that you, if you were if you were seen as someone on the internet who was optimizing to get more traffic and it was like something that was noticeable, it was Look down upon. Oh, oh, optimizing is what selling out was to us. Because no, because we because if we look back, if we look back on like Gen X when they were like, huh, we'd never sell out, and we were kind of like, obviously you sell out, like you need to make money, and right. it's like a normal thing to do. And then they're looking back, and we're like, huh, obviously you never optimize though. Like you make the money, but you you cold and they're like, obviously you optimize. Why would you not? I would go further. I would say that like. When we were coming of age in our early 20s, like we were like, yeah, I, I would love to sell out. I have thousands of dollars <laughs> in student debt. I would be happy to sell out. But I will not change my behavior in any way to <laughs> better my chances of selling out. But if someone comes down from the heavens and like offers me a record contract, I'm selling out right away. Yeah. Whereas Gen Z is like, no, I will spend all of my time bettering my chances of the ability – of bettering my chances to sell out in the future. And millennials are like, ooh, I don't know. That seems like gross. And it's like, well, why? Why is our version any better? If our version was, if the rich man comes to give me money, I'll take it versus I'll work really hard. Like if anything, Gen Z is just like, I'll work. I'll do work to get money. (laughs) Where millennials are like, no, I'll just win the lottery one day. Maybe this is why Lana Del Rey is ahead of her time because she had a bunch of different tries. She did a bunch of different things and then figured out the right, she optimized and then figured out. Right she optimized into becoming right wing. That's that's she, she optimized all yeah. the way. <laughs> I mean, have you seen the world right now? Yeah. That's how to, that's how to optimize. She figured it out. <laughs> Millennials, wanted to have this viral dream i guess of like okay i've made it i've reached escape velocity and i don't have to be an internet celebrity or an internet creator and gen z's like no like i'll just make a lot of money doing this and if it doesn't work i'll pivot and make more money a different way i have one last one one last little thing i want to bring up here because i think it's important to sort of uh tie this all together so two really good pieces came out this week uh first was by cat Tenbarge uh from insider she wrote on her Substack uh, a post titled sorry bella porch this is build a bitch and then R- rebecca jennings for vox wrote a piece called the blandness of tiktok's biggest stars and both of these pieces i think are the missing piece to what we're talking about which is like why is emo back why are all these kids dressed up like hot topic kids why is right. this all happening and my my theory is that dressing up like Pete Wentz is a really easy <laughs> way to hide the fact that you're boring because you have to be boring to do well on TikTok. I mean, yeah, that kind of does make sense. Like you can't be a person on TikTok. And I think people who try to be people on TikTok don't do very well. It's not really a medium that tends to emphasize authenticity. Uh, it seems to be actively against it, to be honest. Yeah, it's extremely hard to look at this to look at TikTok and see what happens and not feel like, right, okay, but the goal of this is to not be known in any way. Like, the idea is, is that you want, ah, oh, what's the line about not being known? Uh, if you want to enjoy the rewards of being loved, you also have to submit to the mortifying ordeal of being known. Now, the, oh, oh, yeah, the mortifying ordeal of being known quote. Yeah, yeah, I'm familiar. Right, I, exactly. I hang out on Tumblr. I'm very familiar. Sure. <laughs> so this is the exact opposite of that where the entire goal is to be known in no way and to not particularly be loved, but to be recognized by as many people as possible. Oh, interesting. Which is the opposite of what it was eight or nine years ago. Like there was a period, there was, there was a period uh, which is probably best expressed by the John 
Herman essays, uh, the, 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 the content wars, content wars, platform wars, the platform mines was on the all. <laughs> it was written by John Herman, who is currently at the New York times. Yeah. It was on the all. Yes. Uh, and he wrote uh, a series of pieces, which pretty much one of the pieces is, is fascinating because it, it predicted the rise of Donald Trump, uh, based on the idea that the idea of gatekeeping had gone because magazines and the media had no longer any power with celebrities. So celebrities could kind of own their own thing and bring people behind the curtain very, very easily. Right. And what it meant is that they kind of owned the ability for people to know them, uh, which, yeah, it, it, there was no gatekeepers, there was no nothing. And suddenly it was kind of, you know, it, it shredded the... the um, uh, paparazzi it showed the celebrity media because what why are you going to put a, a, a reality star on your on your cover when everyone can go onto her instagram and see her doing much more interesting things much more real things right and that kind of this is the, this is sort of like what kim kardashian figured out better than anybody yeah exactly uh figured out that you know you can actually own your audience yourself and be known in just the right level and and but kim kardashian has kind of done the thing of realizing actually i don't need to be known and i can kind of push that back and now the new generation of people coming down, like Alison Ray being a good example, because she is now best friends with Courtney Kardashian for some unknowable reason. Who is dating... Travis Barker. Travis Barker. It all comes back all around, comes baby. It all comes together. Um, it all comes together. Yeah. And now and now it's, it's set up in this way that, you know, the goal is to not be known in any way. Like, the less known you are, the more interested people are in you which is fascinating because it has just entirely flipped from this period where yeah let's say 1995 no one really and what's probably the best year probably about 1980 when you know the only celebrity profiles you'd seen would be on tv or in a magazine and they were completely unknown then by the 1990s the paparazzi were pretty hungry in in hollywood as in as in the uk and you kind of knew the bad parts of people only yes they services then figured out that social media would allow them to translate the best parts themselves to the internet in a way that they controlled uh so they then understood a way that people only know them positively but after that it's become the case that once people know you positively they know you negatively so the new generation are figuring out like no one's going to know them and they are going to be entirely separate out from this and they are just ciphers they are uh, homunculi they're avatars who just don't exist so the, the the first instance of this sort of thing coming across my kind of feeds was many years ago with a uh, a creation uh, by a Japanese company called Hatsune Miku. Right. If you're not familiar with Hatsune Miku, she is a computer program that looks like an anime girl. And she is the face of a program called Vocaloid, which is a vocal synthesizer. And she's open source. So if you want, you can make Hatsune Miku sing whatever you want if you download the software and you plug in the song into the MIDI roll and you've got Hatsune doing whatever you want. And there's a massive fan base for Hatsune yeah. Miku. I've actually spoken to the creators about it. She does concerts. She can perform seven days a week, 365 days a year. She can be on any track. She can do anything you want. She has a very basic personality, She, uh, but it doesn't really matter because she can just perennially live on. And I don't think it's an accident that we're seeing TikTokers like Bella Porch appear and reference stuff from anime culture like the Ahigo face, which Bella Porch is known for, which is the also known as the anime horny yeah. face. I don't think it's an accident that we're seeing these things happen at the same time that we're seeing VTubers appear, who are the people who wear body motion, capture suits, and stream for hours as a cartoon anime character. And I think that there is, I think what you said is correct, that the celebrities have figured out that if they are avatars, they can have a better dis like distinction between their private and their public lives. But I think there's also a thing happening where there is really no incentive for anybody, but the celebrity, the platform, the record labels, the studios, to have any of these people be real people. Because then th those people get tired, they die, they, um, they embarrass themselves, they gain weight, they get old. But a cartoon character, an avatar, a, a face-tuned TikToker dressed up in, you know... Uh, like invader zim hoodies that are retro like all of <laughs> yes. this stuff you, you don't need that you don't need a person anymore and I, I sort of suspect that's where this is all heading that we will be sort of venerating the online celebrities who are closest to artificial because that will be a sign of like 
um, of money, of investment, of class, of power. It'll be like the more artificial you are, the more powerful you are. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. That makes sense. And it is very weird that all of this is culminating around the rise of emo music again. That is really <laughs> weird. <laughs> like everyone just wants to be emotional. I the the machine has somehow invented emo again and somehow it's <laughs> going to destroy the world. We just don't know how yet. And I that guess Travis Barker is involved. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it, it, it would be fascinating if Travis Barker was the member of Blink-182 who was involved in the apocalypse given the role of the one of the other members of Blink-182 in, in, in pissing off aliens. That's right. We have one guy who's hunting aliens, and then the other guy is uh, working with a Chinese algorithm to, um, like, I don't know, sell tummy tea or something by making a new <laughs> genre of music. Yeah. Speaking of consumption and content and all the rest of it, Luke, have you consumed any content to stay sane this week? Um, I don't want to stay sane, but I'm incredibly mad about football, if that helps. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that helps. What are you mad about? Um, it's It's been a bad week. Uh, <laughs> so, Tottenham's best player, Harry Kane, who has allegedly, reportedly said that he wants to leave, which is bad. Uh, but then it was hopeful that, like, today... Um, you know, Tottenham would win, and if they won, they would probably be able to get into Europe next year, which is good and might make him stay. And they lost, and it was bad, and it's 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 sad, and yeah, it's yeah, it's it's like a it's a proper bummer because it's like uh, I don't know, it's hard to describe. It's Harry Kane was an extremely good player, and there was a point a few years ago when it was like, this is it, this is upward. He is one of the best players I'll ever have, and all this stuff. Yeah, you loved him. You you talk about Harry Kane. Still a lot. do, still do. So he's still an astonishingly good player, but the club has not kind of lived up to where it needs to be, and as a result, he's probably going to leave. And as a result, it's just going to be bad for a while. It's not fun. It like, reminds me of a show I saw recently called Ted Lasso. <laughs> I haven't watched that actually yet. I have learned a lot about the Premier League through that show. It's a great show. Uh, it's about a Premier League team that gets an American football coach to be their coach. Yeah. And it's very sad and very nice. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm, I shouldn't have thought about it. I'm bummed out now. Like, <laughs> Well, on the show, they they have a saying where they say it's the hope that kills you. It is the hope that kills you. And every game, somehow, you're like... <laughs> Well, technically, if this happens and this happens and this happens, then this can happen. Everything would be fine. And inevitably, it's not fine. Uh, because it's not fine for anyone ever, because that's how football works. It's miserable. I'm sorry, bud. Yeah. I'm sorry to everyone in the sports ball room who, in our, in the in the Discord, where, where I every now and again just go and swear a lot and then leave and never speak to anyone else again. <laughs> uh, how about you? What kind of you've been consuming to stay sane? Well, I made my way through Ted Lasso. That was a pretty good show. Uh, I also made my way through the first season of Mythic Quest, which is also great. Apple TV shows are surprisingly good. Um, but most recently, I've been watching an incredibly sexy Spanish Netflix show called Who Killed Sarah? And it is oh. absolutely outrageous. It is it is a, it is an incredibly outrageous show. It takes place in Mexico City, and it involves like a Spanish casino magnate and his family and there's like a murder and then a guy's wrongfully imprisoned for 18 years and when he comes out of prison he has to like go after the family and find out who killed his sister and there's like a gratuitous amount of sex in the show like it like to the point where wait like for, for like a spanish show or for like a normal show i mean okay i've watched a few spanish shows on netflix and they are all like pretty sexy but this one is like out of control horny. Wow. Okay. And and like I don't want to have I don't want to do any spoilers for the show, but there's some twists towards the second half of the first season that involve sex that are outrageous. There's some like very sexy twists. Um Okay. okay. But Okay. Yeah, Can but you it's have a uh, sexy, it's pretty I didn't know you could have a sexy twist, but cool. It's well, it's it's not quite sexy, but it's like the whole show is just like very sex sexually charged, you know? It's like a very sexually charged show. It's very sexually um, oriented. Yeah, there's just a lot going on. Like, 
Uh, but it's a good show. It's pretty good. Um, you know, if you're looking for like a very dramatic, like Spanish telenovela on Netflix, like highly recommend it. Cool. I don't think I was, but cool. I'm, I'm into it. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you guys for listening to the show. As always, a reminder to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the content minds. We have tons of, uh, stuff up there for both free and paying listeners. So, um, I put uh, interviews with um, people I talked to on Side Channel on there. And most recently, I added an interview with the CEO of Discord, Jason Citron. It was a very nice interview. We spoke this week. Um, but you also, if you want to support the show, you can toss us uh, five bucks a month or I think it's 50 a year. Uh, we discounted it. Uh, and you can check out a side podcast we do called Post Post Credit Scene, where we go through um, franchises and talk about them and binge them. We're currently making our way through the Fast and the Furious franchise. We have two left. And then I think we will be pivoting to The Matrix, which I'm very excited about. Yeah, we need to run the numbers on like what's going ha- what's going to take up time and all that stuff but yeah i'm into the matrix i was also thinking because it i, I i'm i haven't figured out the the fast and furious dates and spider-man dates and all this stuff but what if we slipped the riddick franchise in there oh there's only two of them right there's three it turns out i thought there were two how turns is there out there's three, three riddick movies there was where like did a- the third riddick movie come from well uh in around 2013 vin diesel got very successful off of another franchise uh and yeah yeah he uh, uh relaunched riddick because he was always super into the riddick character yeah because he's a weirdo yeah. i would vote i would vote a non-action movie if we squeeze a third one in there uh because we've done a lot of action and we're getting requests for non-action movies what if we so, did what if we did the uh, sunset movies you know i've never watched them i have not either that would be really nice actually that might be a good change of pace. We we have to sit down and go through the calendar and like figure out our dates. But yes, okay. that is, that is, we'll, on, the, we, that we'll is on the table. But for right now, we're going to be finishing up Fast the Furious and then most likely moving on to The Matrix. So if you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash thecontentminds. You can also follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash thecontentminds. I'm trying to post more content there, but at the same time, I'm one person and I... I just, you know, <laughs> I, I got to sleep and eat and go to the bathroom. So I can't really be posting nonstop. Although yeah, I'd like, I'd like to be, of course. Um, and, uh, you know, um, shoot us a message and tell us, um, like what me and Luke's TikTok pop punk band should be called. I feel like <laughs> a lot of them are called little, like little, we could be like little content. That'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> <laughs>